0: Hey, I'm Romel London and this is a special edition recording of the Mainstream Podcast live from Box Park Croydon. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get straight in to the mainstream discussion. Can I hear some noise? Good, good. It's good to have you all here. Um, if you didn't know, my name is Ramelle London. I'm a radio presenter on Capital X every Saturday, 1 to 4 p.m. Um, I'm a TV presenter. This summer, I was on Sky Arts on a show called Unmuted, where we we're talking about all things in the arts and creative industry and all that kind of stuff. And also, I'm a content creator. I, I run the mainstream podcast where I interview lots of incredible people who have had some incredible journeys in the industry, from Mo Gilligan to Clara Ampho. Vic Hope Scarlett Douglas the list goes on check it out Um, (laughs) subscribe online Um, but yes today is also going to be filled with incredible people that I absolutely love I absolutely admire and they have been not only colleagues but friends and like confidants because in this industry you realize you do need a couple people that you need to lean on you might need some advice from and this event is pretty much mirroring that I want us to become friends I want us to network I want us to be able to lean on each other and ask the tough questions if necessary so not too tough <laughs> Don't tell me your personal business. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Sometimes we do. But um, no, honestly, I want us all to learn from this opportunity. So um, if you're on socials, please at the mainstream UK. That's Twitter and Instagram. You can at me as well, Ramel underscore London, and our lovely panel are gonna introduce themselves. So let's welcome them to the stage. I'm just gonna call their names and they can come right on up. So please welcome to the mainstream Annalise Days. Will on Jovu. See for Nikki and Marcus Bronzi. Welcome, welcome. Keep the round of applause going, guys. Phil, you can sit anywhere you want. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little lower. Hello everyone. I'm so glad to have you all here. This is so exciting. Um, I've met you all for different reasons. Most of it is radio or tv or online related um so it's really good that you're all here and thank you so much for being here so um what i always say on the main, on the mainstream podcast is welcome to the mainstream <laughs> thank you for having us so, i'm really excited to hear your journeys and um, one thing about the mainstream is we always hear that everyone's entry point is different everyone's reason is different and everyone's journey is different. So, if you could all just say who you are and explain what you're currently doing, maybe give a little background about how you got there as well, that'd be amazing. We'll start with you, Sifa.
1: Hi, hi everyone. Thank you for having me, first of all, Ramel. Um, So my name is Sifa, I'm a voiceover artist. I'm also an audio producer and I run 40 Voices, which is a platform for up and coming, aspiring voiceover artists as well. Um, My background is radio. Pretty much, I really desperately wanted to be a radio presenter and found myself falling into voiceover work as a career, so that's what I do full-time now. Woo! Give up for Sifa.
2: Hello, my name's Marcus Bronzi. I'm a presenter. I just want to say, Sifa, I've never had a chance to tell you this, but I want to thank you for being somebody who really inspired me to be where I am right now and do what I do. Thank you so much, like, because i got some choice words of advice from yourself and your co-host Lanique back in the day. Nice. Thank you for that. Sorry, I know that's nothing to do with this right now, but I've not, <laughs> not been able to now. say that since. But, um, oh and hello to my ex-radio wife as <laughs> well, but we'll get, I'll let you explain that. Um, I'm Marcus Bronzi, I'm a presenter. I have a radio background, which is production and also presenting. So, I've done everything from make the tease at One Extra, all the way up to national radio shows at Capital Extra. Was part of the launch, was also at community station with Bang Radio with Ramel. Sifa and, and least back in the day um, and I launched a podcast called How to Kill an Hour in 2015 and it's turned into a platform now where we talk about tech and gadgets and it's one of the leading black owned platforms that is in that area Jeez yeah.
0: yeah. We'll give yeah. up on yeah. Yeah. Marcus
3: Hey guys, I'm Willen Jovu, I'm a TV and radio presenter, my background is in journalism, that's where I started but I'm also at Capital Extra with Romel well, well, yeah, and before Ramel, Ramel comes after, so we always have a nice gossip on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <We do. laughs> um, but you can catch me on Good Morning Britain sometimes, I do the entertainment news there. My remit is very much celebrity news, entertainment. I uh, also hosted the Master Singer UK spin-off show, I last on ITV2 and ITV Hub, and I used to work on the Jeremy Vine show too, on Channel 5. Jeez,
4: get yeah. off yeah. I don't know if I can follow that with the credentials, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> Um, Hi, so I'm Annalise Days. Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess my journey in terms of entertainment started modelling. Literally 12 years old, I started modelling. Um, I went on a couple reality shows that kind of gave me the platform to talk about fashion and beauty. Oh, you know, oh, Will, I'll tell you. (laughs) I did. (laughs) So I was on Britain's Next Top Model and America's Next Top Model, and I used that platform to talk about fashion and beauty. It almost felt like I knew I wanted to be a presenter from when I was 16, but it felt like you needed to be somebody or have some kind of platform to do it from. So I used that to start hosting a lot of live events. I hosted Clothes Show Live for like five years in a row. Um, yep, then the radio happened, Bang Radio with these lot, yes, my radio husband over there. <laughs> um, we used to host a breakfast show on Bang Radio together. Um, Then after that, I was on Heart Radio where I was hosting the Club Classics party show for like two and a half years. Where am I now? I am now at QVC. um, So I'm a main presenter at QVC where I talk about fashion and swan about selling my wares. And um, I have a lot of fun doing it. Smiling, posing and talking is what I say my remit is. That's what I do. And
0: you slay every day. Give up for Annalise. (laughs) Amazing. Well, yeah, you guys gave us such an amazing intro, but one thing I know is that it doesn't always come, come suddenly or you don't always think, oh, when I'm five, I wanna be a presenter, I wanna, do you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be a princess when I was younger, that I genuinely said that to people. <laughs> I, I figured it out, presenting's close enough, get to wear nice fancy clothes. Um, but for you guys, when did you first decide That you wanted to get into broadcasting and like what did you do about it so anyone's free to answer this
1: i'll kick off i um went to the brit school Ah. um i wanted to do production tv production actually and i went into the brits like just like gung-ho i wanted to do tv production behind the scenes everything and then we had the opportunity to kind of pick extra courses and on the board they had loads of different options you could pick and i saw radio and I was like, oh, okay, well, let me just pick radio. And I was, what, 16 at the time. And I picked radio as a side course and ended up leaving my main course to focus on the broadcasting course of radio. And that's when I kind of fell in love with radio and broadcasting, when I was like 16, 17, thinking, do you know what, this is what I want to do. This is like a bit of me. I can talk and <laughs> it's fun. I get to be behind the, um, the desk as well. I enjoyed all of that type of stuff. So for me, I remember that being my initial broadcasting experience, thinking that's what I want to do.
0: Nice, nice. The Brit school definitely, definitely yeah. helps. Round the corner from here. Yeah, literally. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally.
2: Marcus, how about you? Why? Well, um, I think, if I'm honest, like, I I used to listen to pirate radio back in the day. Like, so, you know, like, the old school graduates, inside, inside, inside <laughs> all of that stuff. And I was like, yeah, this has got to be me, so... When I first could afford it, I like worked loads of side jobs to basically save up for my own pair of turntables. They play these black round things called vinyl. You lot might probably <laughs> don't know about it. And uh, hey, listen, hey, it's a compliment. Don't look at me like that. Um, but yeah, so we used to play play records, and I and I used to go to pirate radio and. Basically, back in the day, if you wanted to be on radio, you had to pay to be on the station. It was yep. called Sub. Remember Subs, Ramel? Yeah. You know Subs, didn't Yeah. You had to pay your Subs. And basically, that was the fee that you paid to keep the illegal station on air. Because when the police came and took it all down, they needed to pay to put it all back in. Um, so I remember that being something I really wanted to do. And I was on a few <laughs> stations that were in Northwest London. And I really enjoyed it. And then when it came to thinking about how can I make a career out of it I kind of had the similar thought to you like production would be the right way maybe it's it's like <laughs> maybe it's like telling my mum that I wanted to be a, a garage DJ weren't really gonna go <laughs> down well in the house but I wanted to be in production sounded a little bit better and I genuinely like the um format of radio so basically that's that was my first bit of inspiration I think and then after that obviously there's community radio and everything that comes after that that I'm sure we'll discuss at some point that's me nice nice
3: Well. Well, uh, to be honest, I'm l- since I was younger, I always wanted to be on TV or in the media, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, so when I was in college, my mum just told me to study business. So I thought, you know what, I'll study business. I, d- I didn't know what the roots were. Then when I finished the business uh, at CNI in Holloway, it was a Tech. I was like, mm, I don't. Business, it's just not giving, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it, just wasn't, it just wasn't really giving, it wasn't giving what I needed to do. So, I was looking at all the courses, I wanted to go to DMU, yes, I wanted to be a uni, but I wanted to party, enjoy But I said, alright, I'll go to DMU, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I said, I'll study a course that I at least enjoy, and I thought Media Studies was good. Actually, when I was in GCSEs, I did GCSE Media. I thought, alright, I really enjoy that, so let's do it. So, I started doing Media Studies um, and Journalism union. I really enjoyed the journalism part. And I, was, I became obsessed with like, the newspapers and the news, and, like, but specifically like celebrity news and like, entertainment news. So um, just when I was at uni, started doing work experience, all the tabloids you can think of, magazines, Heat magazine, Closer magazine, The Sun, The Mail, everything, just to really like, see what that side of things were like. Then I started doing um, student radio, and I thought, hmm, if I could bring these two together somehow, and almost be like a broadcaster who talks about entertainment news, then Buddha wham wham, <laughs> we make it happen. Yeah. So yeah, so cut the story short, um, left uni, then started working in... The news, um, where I wasn't doing entertainment, but I was doing like uh, crime and politics. So like I w- start working for Channel Five, and I was like a junior journalist. So they would like send us to like the front doors of MPs at 6 a.m. and just like to get like r- ask them questions. Well, yeah, ask them questions when they walk out the door, like get them to say what we want them to say. Sometimes we'd have like I had like really hard assignments where like you know um, someone had been shot dead, and we have to we'd have to track down the families. And yeah, yeah. And then we'd have to get the first interview of the mum for the news, for the evening news. So like proper like journalism. Um, but then I went into entertainment journalism and then got into radio and TV presenting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds crazy. I'm so sorry, sorry, I'm not mad. <laughs> 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 no, 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 but that's what journalism, that's what news journalism's is like, please.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept it light and fluffy and I knew that from the get-go. <laughs> with the hardcore news. No, 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 no. Um... So I mentioned earlier that I knew from about 16 years old that I wanted to be a presenter. I've, I'd already been modeling from when I was 12 and I was one of those, let's say, obnoxious children. I've kind of forced my way into the modeling industry. I didn't wait for somebody to come and scout me and then make it happen. I took some photos in a photo booth in Safeways, <laughs> showing my not age, not yeah, not yeah? I found, I found an agency in the Yellow Pages. Oh, not Yellow Pages. I I mailed snail mailed the photos to the agency and then when I got a response I made my parents take me so I wasn't gonna wait around to kind of be scouted and that kind of thing and I did uh an AS level is that even the right thing is that what they were yeah yeah I did AS level in media studies and I was like right media this is this is where I'm at right here um and obviously like I'm gonna talk for all of us here, growing up in that generation of like T4 and those kind of presenters and that channel. And I was like, yes, 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 the black Alexa Chung is coming. That's what I used to think, literally. And I went to uni, I went to Westminster and I did media studies, TV broadcasting. And my idea of doing that was just to, you know what, just in case the on-screen stuff don't work out, let me make sure I've got a background and at least I wanna work within TV somehow. Um, while I was at uni is when I got the opportunity to go on Britain's Next Top Model, and I was like, right, this is it. I got a taste for being in front of the camera, and yes, while it was a reality show, I was like, no, nah, we're staying on this side of the camera, that's for sure, um, and I used that, as I said, to host live fashion events, beauty, etc. cetera, um, and it really just kind of snowballed out of there. Radio, for me, was a happy accident, because for me, I always had my eye on TV. I think that's from the modelling background. I kind of wanted to be seen, you know. Hearing, it's not bad. I enjoyed it. Um, I met Ray Paul, oh and yeah, yep, that's yes. how I got into Bang. I was
0: you saying RuPaul.
4: No, 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 no. <laughs> Ray oh Paul, yeah. <laughs> who was like a producer at um, Radio One or yeah. something like that back in the day. Day he, he was he starting. He, lo-
2: he launched One Extra, so he's the reason See? why One Extra exists. See, PC. hello. He's like the foundation. I met.
4: And I don't think I realized who I was meeting, but I met him and he took a liking to me, told me he was starting this station and was like, here, come, come wake up at the crack of dawn and do a breakfast show for no money, may I add, which was terrifying, but I knew I couldn't say no to the opportunity. You didn't get paid. No, rude. rude, rude, rude. He's trying to make me feel bad over there. So yeah, radio was a bit of a happy accident, met these lot and I kind of went from bang, I was at West Side Radio for a bit and then I kind of took a chill, I kind of stepped back and then all of a sudden got somebody asking me if I was interested in being on Heart and I was like, well, hell yeah. You've said a lot. Skedaddled.
0: Do you know what? You guys have said a lot right now, which like i said it's all about there's a lot of different ways in there's a lot of opportunities that sometimes miraculously happen or you guys have made it happen which i really do appreciate but one thing that i get a lo- got get asked a lot is should I go and study broadcasting? Should I go to uni to do this? Should I sign up for that course that costs 1,500? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I hate that. There, but this is the thing. There's a lot of courses floating around online. Mm. Sometimes we don't even know if they're legit. Yeah. There's a lot. Oh, yeah, if you pay 3,000 yeah. pounds, we'll change your life. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they give you a 30-second clip of yourself, and that's it. Yeah, no. So that's one side of it. When you see courses online, what do you think? But uni, uh, for for those of you that did go to uni or even the college start out of it, would you recommend it? Yes or no?
1: I hate that question, you know. Yeah, Yeah, I hate that question. I hate to like push anyone in any particular direction. I would say, if you're gonna go uni, for me, I found I didn't really enjoy my uni experience. I really enjoyed my college experience. At Brit School, I felt like I learned most about broadcasting and myself and my career at college uni i found to be for me pretty pointless i don't think it's actually helped me in my career today um i think if people are going to go uni you're going for the uni experience mine was pretty dead (laughs) i went to thames valley i think it's now west london whatever it was it was pretty dead but um in terms of what it taught me to be fair i did student radio there Okay, fair. I started my first radio show at university, so I learned the basics of how to edit and yeah. how to put a show together, how to produce, because I did media, arts and radio broadcasting. Right. At that point, I knew I was going to get into radio. Um, and I guess, you know what? I would say maybe it helped me get work. I started off working at One Extra as a producer, you know, based on my work, my uni experience and having to, knowing how to edit and then things there. So yeah. in that respect, I guess it did help me. Um, but I feel like this industry now is more about who you know sometimes. Yeah. And your connections and your relationships and how you keep it, how you network. Yeah. I think that helps a lot in this industry as well. Um, and I also thought like you can learn a lot of these things by yourself, not at university. I don't know if mm. anyone's, like, looked at my CV and said, oh, she went to uni, so that's <laughs> good. Do you know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I hate that question. It's so hard. Um, yeah. You, yeah,
4: like, speaking with somebody who went and, like, I don't know. I personally really appreciated my uni experience because I think I needed that time at uni. I don't know if I would have been bold and brazen enough and have the confidence and feel like to, to make those moves afterwards. Um, do I use my degree? Well, I do content creation right now and I feel like I learned a lot of that at uni. Okay. So in that essence, I learned it and then it was like Again, you're going for the uni experience, which is about developing as a human. Like, I studied abroad. I studied in Miami for, like, six months. That was... Hey! <laughs> that was a Do perk. you know what I mean? I yeah. had a lot of fun, and I... Actually, when I did Britain's next top model in my final semester and wrote my dissertation about reality TV. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I was I basically had to sneak it. They were not trying to let me off, but I was like, <laughs> nah, we're going to take this opportunity. And the way I wangled it was by saying, Oh, it's research.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good research yeah. one. I like
4: that. I yeah, I don't think as much as I don't directly use my degree, and I don't think anybody does look at my a CV, as a presenter, have you, I have not written a CV. Oh, wow. No. They want to see a reel, maybe, but yeah. they don't really want to see some written thing of what you've, did, what you've done. But I do think it helped me. Fair for sure.
2: For real. Uh, maybe like a CV now is a deck, if you're a presenter. If you've got yeah, a deck, yeah. it's just like a few slides that say who you are, what you do, your numbers, what you're good at, brands you work with. But my uni experience was a little bit Uh, unique like tell me when to shut up because i went (laughs) to uni outside of london because i wanted to get into some production i wanted to just see a little different part of the uk because i just grew up in northwest london that's all i knew Mm. um i knew a bit of pirate radio like i said so i went and i studied media production and technology okay uh at university near manchester and yeah near manchester wasn't even manchester (laughs) uh (laughs) And uni for me was interesting because I met a really unique circle of friends and I kind of learned what diversity was outside of London in a way that was different to knowing, if if I'm honest in my area, the diversity in my area was very different to what the rest of the UK was. So I got to see different faces, places, learn some very interesting accents. (laughs) And um, like when I was up at uni, that's when I decided to start putting on my own club nights. And my own club nights that I put on at uni Actually meant that I had the experience when a summer came around between unis to actually run events at a club in Iyanapa. Um So I was running. There was a club called Abyss in Aynapa back in the day, and we were putting on events all summer long. And then I was coming to uni, and I was doing events all throughout uni. And then I was going to my lectures, and then I weren't sleeping. Oh, wow. But the experience that I got from that was just like right now. Um, I've been around loads of different people. I've done loads of different gigs. I kind of know that DJing's cool, but what other experience can I get after learning about media production technology, after being in the clubs all the time? Where, where can I go with this? And it was from then, when I, I think I remember coming home from a gig at four in the morning, putting on the radio, listening to like One Extra, whoever it was, and being like, you know what? I could do that, you know? <laughs> that's a bit of me. And that's when my journey sort of kind of started to move towards trying to get into Bang Radio, okay. trying to get on One Extra and stuff like that as well. So uni for me... It's a hard one because i did drop the the audio modules so it was i did learn yeah. i'd say i learned some stuff there but i really had a, a big explosion in my social circle but i will say this though it's different times like i think now youtube has got everything like on it Ev- so True. youtube is not to be dismissed if you want to learn how to edit audio put together a podcast produce a track youtube can help you 100 um, percent. but there are still courses out there and, and you're very right you have to be careful about those little you know give me three thousand pounds and i'll change your life courses there are courses out there that will help get to a, a next level um but i will say today there's a lot of information that we can access that i don't think was as easily accessible a little while back then yeah,
0: yeah. agree will i feel like you have a lot to say yeah, on you this know
3: you know what <laughs> <laughs> You know what? University for me, um, I I learned more life skills, if anything. Okay. I think if I didn't go to university, I wouldn't have been as mature as I was when I left. And that maturity that I needed to go into the workplace, honestly, I don't want to know what I would have been like (laughs) if I didn't go to uni. I just walked (laughs) in like that. I really don't want to know. Um, obviously work experience I, I did a lot of work experience in university as well, like even just working at the local radio station, working at the student newspaper, anytime something happened I'm always writing, 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 I was always really passionate about journalism, but that helped me understand what it was I wanted to do I mean, even like going to speak to the careers advisors maybe if I didn't go to uni, would I have had access to that? I don't know, if I didn't go to uni would I have had access to this local station or this local paper? I don't know, so it's like you know, university can help you it gives you time, it's like a three year holding place, (laughs) obviously you have to pass and whatever but it's like (laughs) a three year holding place which will help you figure out what it is you want to do, my first year I had no clue, literally I just passed did I pass? I don't know, listen I had no clue, I made it to second year but I I enjoyed my life, I wasn't sure, when it got to second year I was like right what's going on, what what is it I want to do I do feel like university was just good to like Mm. help me think and understand and find myself as a human being and find out what it was I wanted to do Now, back to the topic about these courses, these presenting courses that claim to make you a star after you pay 3,000 pounds, 2,000 pounds. Now, I am someone who used to look at all of these courses. When I decided I wanted to do presenting, I used to look at all of these courses and think, right, I'm gonna fork out all this money. But I remember having a meeting of someone and they were like to me, look, when people look at your showroom, they wanna see work that you've gone out to get, even if it's a small online channel or just something where you are literally in the midst of it. Not these, you know, know, those courses they promise, all these nice clips of you in a studio and whatever. No, people know that you've not been on Sky News or wherever yet. <laughs> they actually want clips, just they want to watch the journey from the ground up. Like some of my first show reel stuff I had in the show was when I was working at Channel 5. It was like, I used to do like Facebook live interviews of like celebrities and stuff that we used to get in. But I used to work for an African news channel. That's where I first got, uh, listen, did I get paid?
0: Don't worry about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but this channel gave me so much experience, it's not Taurus actually for not paying a staff on time, Oh no! but, but no, I'm not going to get into that. No, it was oh, not name. bad. It was, a it, was, not a, it, bad. was an, it was another one. If someone said the name, then I'll give you a nod, but this channel. No, 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 I've not got time. Defamation. <laughs> Law, all the lawsuits boys. He a defamation. <laughs> Um, but look, this channel, literally I learned how to do live TV presenting. They (laughs) literally gave me, it was like a one hour news program every two hours. And I did entertainment news, 10 minutes at the end. So that I built up the bulletin, I wrote all the scripts, I found all the pictures, the footage and whatever. And I presented it for 10 minutes, I did the auto cue, I did the the in my ear, everything. I learned so much. And it's like, do you know what I mean? I just feel like sometimes, if you want, you can find them. There's always things out there, there's online channels or whatever. And then you can build your show that way. Do not pay 2,000 pounds for these courses. Mm. They're literally taking your money. And some of these people who run these courses, they claim to be like these, where are you on TV then? <laughs> so no, I'm not even trying to be shady. No, but, no, but, that's, what, no, but that's what they do. Yeah. You know, but it's a coincidence. Before I came to this event, maybe because you'll promote this event, Ramel. Yeah. Someone DM'd me and said, hey, I want some advice or whatever. And they said, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay to this guy to do my showroom, it's quite a lot of money. I'm going to reply, to them. Like, don't go. Yeah. Simply, there are online channels, there's YouTubers, yeah. TikTok. There's so many other people that you can reach out to to get involved with their production and put it together. People will appreciate it more if they see you coming from the ground up. You will appreciate it more. When you look back 10 years when you're on Sky News or BBC One or whatever, you're like, wow, this was me when I grafted to find myself yeah. some on-camera experience. I'm going to say, oh, I paid three grand for that and it just looks fake. Do you know what I mean? So I just think, just go out there and find what it is and just find these online channels because they're there. Hundred
2: percent. Well, you know what? Can I just fur- further to that though? To to be fair, is it fair to say now that everyone's got the means? Like you said, we were talking about this just before TikTok. Yeah. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. You can reach bigger numbers than certain channels out yeah, there, can't exactly, you? Yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. We spoke about this before as well. Like I was, I was saying that like sometimes I reach more people on my TikTok talking about entertainment news than some other platforms and some other things I do. Do you know what I mean? So it's like TikTok is there. Like if you want to be a presenter and you've got a niche. Just start it, do you know what I mean? Just wherever, whether it's YouTube, whether it's IG rules, whatever, like just start doing your thing online and just keep on growing and, and people will appreciate that. Do we get onto the topic of agents? I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Don't, do worry, well. don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Well. She's, she's loaded, she's loaded, she's loaded, she's loaded. I was
0: just scanning through my notes, <laughs> thinking, hmm, where should we go? I do like the the, the topic of uh, DIY, do it yourself, mm. create your own platform, create your own mm. brands. Like I've been, a, I've very much, started my journey by just jumping on YouTube and just being like you know what if you're not going to make if you're not going to offer me a show I'll make the show for you yeah. and you can see at least a pilot of what I've got so um, I'm going to come to you Marcus because you you're very successful at as a content creator working with brands and working on numerous um digital platforms you've done TV radio all of that and you now run how to kill an hour as a podcast and platform that looks at tech and all that kind of stuff so for you, how? I think the main question for a lot of people that want to be content creators, how do you get those brand collaborations? How do you get started? Do you write, do you, do you just cold call, do you cold email? <laughs> like, how do you get those those networks?
2: You know what, it's an interesting one because I've got an agent as well, but I'm very proactive. So when you want to work with brands, and again, going off the back of what Cifar and, and, and Will said and, and Lisa as well, like being proactive is the main thing. So I'll be honest, before I did, got any real voiceover work, I just made fake voiceovers. I recorded a voiceover like, and I thought, you know what, what voiceover would give me the piece? Um <laughs> Let me do an Ed Sheeran advert, but let, what, let me do a Nas one because I like a Nas one. Let, let, me, let me show my, my variation. Let me show that I can do a rap voiceover for it for when a single comes out let me do a, a mainstream one right mainstream boom um <laughs> thank you and and that's how i started doing all of my work i made fake brand work first i made up the brand i made my show real and i did it now that's to show that you can create content that is maybe can you decipher whether he actually worked with puma or not we don't know but if it's good enough okay <laughs> maybe we can work with puma so that's the start and then uh, how, it work, how I've managed to work with brands over the years and I think I'm very good at making sure that I extract value for money in terms of return of services and I think we all know what that means. <laughs> um, so yeah, my thing is, is I think for starters you do have to reach out. Mm. But you have to know your levels and, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way but know your levels and be confident of your levels so if you have a certain follower if you have 500 followers that are avid followers of I don't know, can I, oh, let me just pick someone do you have a hobby? Like, or something, what do you do to something that's you do ma- martial arts? Wicked. So, do you post about your martial arts? Okay, but say you po- had a second Instagram channel where all you posted was martial arts, just mad kung fu kicks, chops, <laughs> wing chung, all of that, right? Jaws are coming yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a following of 500 followers on Instagram that love martial arts. Do you know how valuable that is to a martial arts company or a sports company? Yeah not to a tim, well maybe to a timber company as well, because of all the boards you're mashing up, all that kind of <laughs> stuff, but like, all right, joking aside, like the, the you have a value audience that's, to me, it's, I'd rather pay you that money for an advert, which is much more valuable, because you have 500 people that like martial arts, than to find some random person with a million followers that has not got a special niche, and, and advertisers are wising up to that. So if you okay. know your levels, your value, you bring that to them. So I was like, we like tech, we like games, we don't look like anyone else that you pay advertising fees to. Like, there's no brothers, there's no sisters, it's whack. Like, we went to a launch a few years ago, and we openly said to the guys there, it's a lovely launch, no diversity. Wow. Like, I'm seeing suits. I'm seeing people that look like uncles, yeah? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not seeing it, but... And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not just picking out that brand, by the way, because, again, defamation. Because... <laughs> It, w- it was across the whole gaming industry and the yeah. whole tech industry. And now things are moving in the right direction. There's some fabulous people that are wor- working to make things more diverse. But I knew what my offering was at the time. And, and however big or small it is, be confident with your offering and go from there. And also, another thing is pitch big, man. Like, I talk to people all the time. And it talks like they want to work with a brand. They're like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we'll do a little gig here. Uh, maybe we'll do that. No, nah, man, come in and tell them, we will give you the moon for this price there you go but that's the highest option or or another thing I like to do real quick is I'll give you three options you get the moon option you get the earth option and then you get the everyday option bronze silver gold bronze bronze, silver gold if you go for bronze it's cool we'll go for silver next time yeah if you go for gold fabulous but have you looked at the platinum package (laughs) feel me and that's how you have to be and it sounds really like I think sales people feel like it's a bit dirty but it's not dirty like sell yourself Go out there, put yourself out there, but know what your level is, know what your offering is. And, and brands are very aware that you if you have a specific offering, that's that's what works for them. So that's like one of my tricks. If you've got time, I'll give a few more, but that's a really, <laughs> really important thing.
0: You've touched on something that I really want to talk about. Social media numbers. I feel like this is stressing out a lot of content creators, a lot of broadcasters, because, and I, I will point out, that you have made a good point as well, that sometimes the, the influencers that do have a million followers do seem to get the work. And sometimes you, we all know this don't make sense. I know such and such from such and such reality show yeah. has never worn those shoes before, mm-hmm. but you paid her a mm. million such and such, 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 such. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, this don't make sense because I wear them every day. <laughs> I will happily do a campaign for you, but they're just not coming because... And I've and again it does go to that are we not pitching ourselves right or are we not or we just or is it the the fault of the the agencies that they're not looking hard enough like what are your all of your thoughts
2: on this sorry i'm going to jump in again because i feel very passionate about this yeah the agencies are shit they are they're horrible horrible people that only want to employ their friends right Ah. but i don't cry about the game i'm like let's play my own game ramel um when I talk to you a lot of the time, when we have a catch-up, what's one thing I'm always saying? Oh, Ramel, can I pitch you for this? Yeah. Ramel, can I pitch you for that? Ramel, I'm gonna get this deck. Can I use that picture there, or do you want <laughs> a different picture? Sit, no, sit. I'm, yeah, I'm like he that. He does. And I'll <laughs> pi- yeah, I'm I'm pitching the heck out of everyone because if you were to take all of our social medias and add them together in the room, yes, we're not all martial artists like I'm saying, but our reach together is fantastic. We could put that reach together, sell it to a brand. There you go. Now we're probably going to have more impact than one person. Because if we are on Instagram and one person posts one thing, it might be seen by a few people. But if we all post something, that's trending capacity now. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and so that's another thing I do is I, I gather up loads of people and I'll put them in a pitch together. And yeah. I think some of the times when I've lost pitches is because someone else has come along and just got an even bigger group of people and pitched them. And I love that. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. a, that's really important. With social media, forget numbers can be important for people, singular. But if you want to combat that, get a few people that are in your industry that or on the same level as you or maybe with someone that's better than you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pitch them. I want to come to Annalise and Will on this one as well because, you know, as face-fronting uh, talent as well, I'm sure it can be frustrating when you see the next batch of such and such reality show. Come. I mean, especially for you, Annalise, you actually went on a reality show
4: before they started blowing up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, Britain's Next Top Model was 12 years ago, America's wow. was 10 years ago, so it was like, uh, there wasn't even Instagram. Yeah. Yeah yeah, way before exactly I missed the boat on that one it's fine Um, for me especially within the last year that we've had lockdown etc I've had to take a look at what I'm doing content wise there's a few things that I wanted that I've just kind of held on that I wanted to say is like if you want to be a presenter and you want to be in this industry First things first, somebody should be able to see that when they open up your Instagram, your YouTube, your whatever, your whatever. Don't be saying that you want to be in an industry and somebody can't clearly see that. And I don't mean hiding. I mean like get your videos on your Instagram, be popping on your stories. Like it doesn't matter how many people are seeing it. Mm, What's important is that you look like you're passionate about what you want to be doing because that's going to be the first step to get anybody's interest. Then, in terms of the whole game, in terms of the followers and all of this and your content and your likes, <laughs> it's stressful. I'm not going to lie. But one thing I have learned is that, you know what, I'm, it's not important to focus on the numbers. Yeah. Share your content, share Aww. your opinion, share what you have to say, and the people will come. Yeah. What's it like, the mountain and the, I don't know. There's some <laughs> yeah, thank you, that one. Some, What's yeah. it, what is it,
1: sorry? What was it? There's a...
4: Yeah, the mountain to Mohammed and something. What's we'll gu- well, not important? <laughs> we'll you Google make that in our own time. And people <laughs> will come, is what I'm saying. Because yeah. um, as soon as you start getting bogged down in, oh, what will they like? I'm going to start posting this for this. Yeah. It's come super inauthentic. Yeah. And That's the main true. thing that gets you somewhere, especially on social media, is being who you are. Yeah. Rega- you've got to find your tribe. Yeah. Keep on talking about what you want to talk about, and those people will find you. doesn't matter yeah. how niche it is. So don't think that you have to be somebody and be like that person that you're seeing with the loads of likes, because it isn't gonna work for you. You've gotta be authentic to who you are.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, just to jump on that as well, I say that a lot in the voiceover industry. A lot of people who come to me who wanna get into voiceovers, and I'm always like, okay, so where can I hear you? And they're like, I go your social media and I don't see anything. I don't hear anything, I can't hear you. Which means, no, your clients can't hear you either. Mm. So they're never gonna be able to find you. and then there's this, you know, I've got to sound a certain way or look a certain way. When I always say to everyone in voiceovers, you know, your voice is like unique to you and no one sounds like you. That is your USP already right there in the bag. You even been trying. So yeah, just to kind of jump on that as well.
0: No, thank you. That makes perfect sense.
4: I, can I just add something about, so I do voiceovers as well and I don't know if this is helpful or not because as I'm thinking about it, it doesn't sound that helpful, but I do kind of want to be honest here in this conversation. I have been trying to present since I was like 20, let's say. Um, I tried to get a voiceover agent for years and years and years and years and just kept on hearing, no, 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 no. It was only once I had heart on my CV that I got a response from my voiceover agency. Exactly the same thing happened to me. And I thought that was mad because my voice hasn't changed. (laughs) Who I am hasn't changed. But it felt like they needed that confirmation from some kind of commercial aspect and before I think they think a me lot on. of
1: people feel that as well however i'm not on heart and i'm not on qvc yeah but yep. i have an agent
3: Boom. so there doable ra- is
1: that? <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah I might, well i have an agent and that was based on a bit of tenacity and a little bit of luck mm. and a bit a bit of push as well um and i think a lot of people they get so bogged down with the I've got to be, you know, well-known or famous in order to get that agent. I'm not sure. You said you tried for quite a while. Yeah. And FYI, 40 Voices, we're going to be the agency soon and we're not going to be looking for celebrities. Jeez, so, yeah. so, do you know what I mean? So please do tell us a little, little bit. Things, do you know, your know I mean? But please um, do
0: tell us a bit more about your journey yeah. into voiceover and then 40 yeah, yeah, Voices because yeah. I feel like that's really important that everyone yeah. knows how. So
1: like I said, I wanted to get into radio. That wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. So I knew I kind of wanted to get into voiceovers. Um I ended up, long story short, winning a competition that someone came about, saw on Facebook, for my agency to this day that were looking for new voices. Wow. Um, And I honestly thought, like, you guys, they're not going to listen. Who am I? They're not going to take me on. I'm trying to do radio, this, that, and the other. What's going to happen? And turns out, out of thousands, it came down to my one voice. Jeez. So I'm like, I might be all right at this, you know? (laughs) You know what I mean? I sort of gassed myself up. And... Just going base, just keep on going forward Right with 4C. It's about giving people the opportunity to realise that you don't have to be well known or famous. You just have to have a great voice, have some vocal range, have a bit of push. There's ways in which to get into the voiceover industry and have a very successful career without even an agent as long as you know how. And that's sort of what I'm kind of giving people the tools to figure out how to make it happen for yourself. And many of my clients now have been signed are getting work. And it works. If you follow the method that 4C will tell you, Um, (laughs) it will work, do you know what I mean? But more than anything, anyway, um, next year, I really wanna focus with 4C on actually becoming the agent and getting the work for the clients as well. And that's what our next step is because a lot of people are struggling in the industry that look like me, sound like me. I'm from South London, like I don't pronounce my T's but, (laughs) you know what I mean, I'm on Nickelodeon right now so I'm doing all right, do you know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean, so it's about having that push and like having the right direction, the right mentor and that's what we're trying to do, basically.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, there's been a lot of chat about yeah. agents. I know Will oh is ready for this question. Go so, Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you mentioned, you went to uni, you went down the journalistic route, route hard news, very hard news. Yeah. Um, and then you ended up being the funny, tea-spilling, com- <laughs> comedic character that you are now. Yeah. That's that's you know your your personality has shone through and you you've got jobs because of that but also let's talk about agents has having an agent helped you get the opportunities or do you feel like you have to still do the
3: work 100% to? i swear <laughs> to you if you want to work in entertainment entertainment presenting, you need an agent at some point. Okay. Cool. So when I was working in the newsrooms, obviously I was working at Channel 5 News, behind the scenes, and they started putting me on, sc- well, on screen a bit, doing like, entertainment interviews, only on Facebook Lives. Cool. Then in the same company, ITN, they were doing the entertainment news bulletins, the FYI Daily on ITV2. I was doing that in the same company, like frying, right, and maneuvering, trying to email agents. No one, was, no one was having it. No one was having it. Then in the same building, I started co-hosting on the Jeremy Vine show on Channel 5. That was the furthest I could get myself. It was literally, I, cou- I didn't have any more contacts past that point. Even though that's live on Channel 5, yeah. it's daytime TV. Uh, back then, even though I've been doing Good Morning Britain recently, recently I was emailing Good Morning Britain. I was emailing this morning. I was emailing everyone. No one was even giving me the time of the day. Wow. When I got, okay, so I obviously joined Capital Extra. That was obviously off my own back as well. Yep. Then when I was doing Capital Extra, Love Island interviews, and I had all of the whatever, Finally, agents started to reply to me because I've got the Jeremy Vine stuff. And this is when I honestly feel like the opportunities, the bigger opportunities start to come. Okay. Because the reality is an agent is connected to so many people. Mm. Their network is absolutely mad. So when I said to them, I want to do ITV, Saturday night entertainment. I want to probably, I'd like to be in Good Morning Britain one day. They literally made all of that happen due to their own contacts and like, here's an example for example. The Masked Singer spin-off show which I did for ITV Hub and ITV2, the way that came about was when I first signed with John Noel who was back then, um, I just got a call from my agent saying, yeah, so there's this new show, are you interested? We need you to have a meeting with the execs literally in three hours, and if they like you, then you'll have it, and I said, okay, fine. I said, how did this come come about? He said, literally, I took the ITV head of entertainment for lunch, and he just brought it up. Oh, we've got this this new show coming about. Like, oh, do you know anyone? He's like, yeah, I know this small guy. Boom, slid me in, and that's how it goes. So it's like, whereas if I didn't have that agent, if I didn't know him, yeah. how would I have been connected to that person from ITV Entertainment? Fair I don't, answer. I not know him. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? So it's like, and I also think if you look when you when you get an agent, look for the right agent who is connected. So look at their okay. roster and see are these presenters, hosts, or whatever it is, actors, whatever it is you want to do, are they on screen? Are they doing the type of work you want to do? Because that means that they will probably have the contacts that you will need. You want an agent who has good contacts. Mm. So when you are looking for an agent, you are shopping for, they work for you. You are, remember, don't go there begging. It's not a job interview. They work for you. <laughs> so go there and shop around for the right agent. And then, you know, get the right one that suits you. Mm. Preach. So well I had preach. Say. Oh, e- oh.
0: oh dear, here oh, we I'm go. Sorry, I, sound,
4: I don't want to be the negative person. I'm not. I just feel like it's important to share counter- opinions 100. as well and just experiences yeah so my agent who i'm no longer with i brought absolutely everything to them Wow. i was contacted by heart and i brought my agent into that because there was no way i wanted to sit down with global and negotiate fees Fair. i would have done it for free Yep. they took, commission. And yeah, they took commission. commission yep 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 but i needed them I needed them to do that because I didn't know my worth. I didn't know how much I should be getting paid for a three-hour radio show. Like I said, I would have done it for a tenner. (laughs) You
0: just wanted to be there. So, yeah.
4: So, I needed my agent to be able to handle that. But I was contacted and then I brought it to them. In terms of clothes show, I went to clothes show one year with one man with a camera and did my own interviews, because they weren't letting me in and blah, blah, blah. Did my own interviews, a few months later, they were like, oh, we've seen your interviews on YouTube, can we put them on our channel? And that's when they started hiring me every year. Wow. My experience with, and this is probably just because I had crappy agents who didn't have the connections. I still feel like I'm on that journey of trying to find the right agent that's gonna have the contacts that I kind of want literally everything i've done has been off of my own back and they ain't done much for me apart from sat in a room and negotiated a contract yeah
3: oh, like, can we highlight, highlight i made it seem like, agent like that. i didn't no. please please let, let me be real I, I didn't i didn't i was sending emails for time for years yeah. don't know who i was with before I emailed that. I was emailing them for two years. Insanity. I'm with now. I was emailing Insanity for years. It takes Ooh, time. You were the big boys. Once they see, <laughs> yeah. the big boy <laughs> Once they see you've got something good on your on your CV now, that like, all right. He's doing that show. He's doing that show. Bring him in. So I, I, honestly like. As sad as it sounds, Ramel, yeah. it is what it is, isn't it? But, yeah. No,
2: I, I make you right but it feels like what you b- both are saying it's like you worked to get to a level where then the agent came to you yeah, like without yeah, disrespecting yeah, you yeah. but I think back in the day can you sound trying to sound like an OG but back in the day <laughs> it used to be you found the agent because there was what five channels yeah. Yeah? yeah you found the agent they put you forward oh they're really good they're really good they're really good you get the show and the producers go yeah that's you're right you know so yeah. we'll give them a bigger show a bigger show but now it's flipped on its head but, you know, but conversely nowadays, you've got your own platforms, you shot your own video, you shot your own content, and then that elevated you up to a level where the agents come to you. So I think we're in a place now, and I've said it before, but you have got it in your pocket with your phone and that like, if you can build yourself up and they see the potential in you, then an the agent will find you at the right time because they have to sell you, but if they've got no platform to sell you like, oh great, uh, I've, you told me about this guy Marcus, what has he done? And if my agent's there like, boy, what, what can they do? <laughs> but if they're like, yeah, Marcus is doing this, he's proactive, he's got this award-winning podcast, blah, 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 blah. he's there worked with go. these brands, these brands, brands start going, oh, okay, nice, he's got some sauce around him, let's let's see what we can make. And and I think the way your agent dropped that in the meeting, I bet, I bet your agent played it cool, but your agent was like, yeah, check this wheel guy, yeah, check. Well, look, at, look, at, look at what he's doing here, look what he's doing here. look what he's doing there, and the person went, oh, okay, yeah, bring him. If he's good, as you say he is, let's put him on the show, because mm. your agent put in a shift, but without you putting in the shift that yep. you put in, yeah. You wouldn't have got, got where you did. And, and I'll slowly slip my agent's story in. I wrote a TV pilot about a tech show, paid for it myself, shot it myself, edited it. It was crap, binned it, did <laughs> another one, sent it out there, and my agent came across it, sent it to CBBC in Manchester, yes. and they came back with a very similar idea for a show <laughs> and said, <laughs> do I want to present it? And I said, yeah, and that's how, that's how I got wow. my TV agent. Wow. So, you know, I think the similarities, we all put shift in, yeah and an agent comes to you when they're ready, do you know what I mean? I think you have to stay proactive. I'm not saying never, but there isn't that magical agent out there for 99.9% of us is going to come and go, yeah, let me make you a star. Do you know what I mean? There's some. There is. No, I said 99.9. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, said yeah, 99.9. Because, yeah, you know, some. luck is a thing, and, 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 and we we'll t- we can talk about that if you want, but 99.9% is what I said, Will, all right? Yes. On the record. But, you know, it does happen, but... What ma- would you recommend? What, what, oh. Insanity. Insanity. Ah, yes, Will's doing well, so insanity is the one. <laughs> I think for an agent, you've got to find one that works for you that understands what you what you want, yeah. wants to make a roadmap for your needs, and has not got loads of people on their roster that looks and sounds like you and does the same stuff as you. However, point,
0: however, yeah. go for it, Ramel. You it. I have know it. seen Mm-mm. and noticed some strategies. Mm-hmm that have Mm -hmm. been transforming speak it honey speak it how agencies work a little more um i won't name names but do it no 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 defamation (laughs) contempt of court (laughs) um no um what i have noticed as well is that if you see someone doing amazingly and they get to the point where they're booked, 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 and you see yourself being similar to that person, and that person is so busy wow. that they can't take everything, they will eventually look for another talent that is similar that can start picking up some of the, 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 the extras so that the money like stays. Like a Romel
2: Luton, yeah?
0: <laughs> but the money, that means the money will stay in that agency. Yeah. When, when Linda doesn't take that job, they'll take. Lucy because Lucy is like Linda and because Linda's I'm too busy they'll be like oh well we still got Lucy so there has been a shift because uh, uh, back in the day there was actually I personally was told not to go for agencies and this is gonna this is very very like controversial but I was told don't go for an agency that already has a black girl girl, because she what will take that? all of the black girl bookings. Multiple people told me that. Wow. Multiple people told me it's that. It's the same with modelling, though. Yeah. yeah. Well. But yeah. thankfully, yeah. the industry is changing, I hope, for the better. Yeah. And that's not so much the case. But again, this can be the same as, oh, don't go for an agency that always has a blue, blue, blue-eyed girl, blonde-haired girl, because she's going to take all the work. Yeah. Well, they might not say that. But that's the, the ethos that used to be. Yeah. I'm noticing that it is changing now. They're like, actually, let's get another black girl <laughs> because we're not our other black girls busy. We can yeah, still use her. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so th- again, there doesn't seem to be a specific formula, but I'm noticing patterns in the industry where the work is staying within certain agencies. Yeah.
3: So there is that. I just wanted to add something in something that I've actually realised just for like some of the main agencies. Where are the black talent agents in television? Hmm. I can't find them. I mean, unless you know anybody. I know two, I Where? It, so two, sorry? I mean, it's like, uh, Joe this Joe this vamp.
0: No. Simon oh, but he is yeah, talent. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. He is former talent. Simon yeah, Webb yeah, yeah. was no, former talent. No, no, no. I, I
3: know that agency, but I think mean they mainly do, like, is it reality stars and stuff? Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, in broadcasting, you don't really see many, you know, and it's like, I think that needs to change. I'm not going to, yeah, I think that needs to change. That's I think we need to see more of that, especially as there's more black diverse presenters. More talent agents yeah, in like general. Who, can relate, agents, who can relate to some of the black talent struggles and understand yeah,
0: that's when there's rare.
3: discrimination going on. You feel like you can, do you know what I mean? So I just think that needs to change.
0: That's a good point. Well, so I feel like this whole topic yeah. has led us very nicely to a question that I think everyone will appreciate. Money. So, there seems to be an unwritten rule and and Sifa's gonna be brilliant at discussing this. Um, there seems to be an unwritten rule that we don't talk about money in the industry. No one knows what anyone earns. Um, so what's that? See, but then not everyone's as like you know confident to ask as well. And then you know you don't want to feel like because there there's Boy. some people working in the same building doing exactly the same job on very different salaries. Boy. So, yeah. so let's talk about money. When did you guys realize? That there's money to be made, and how did you go about making it?
3: Money resides where the money resides. <laughs> 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 again, again, for me, the time I realised that there was money in entertainment was when I took a step into the, I- the entertainment space in ITV. I said, "All right, cool. here is in television." I think, in my opinion, that's where I've earned the most money. Okay. In, 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 a, in like, and voiceover and television. Right. That would that's, that's Oh,
0: we love a voiceover. We do. We love a voiceover. But
3: but do you know what? I feel like <laughs> the issue is those roles are so golden. You know this from those 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 roles ITV entertainment spin-off show or if you're hosting The Voice. Those roles are so golden. Like it's it's like a it's like a small little inner circle of people who only know when those jobs are going. So it's like they pay but it's almost like, again, you sadly have to know the right people. Yeah. And there's also a lot of nepotism in this industry. Oh, there are some people, not naming names, yeah. who are we'll defamation of character. Defamation, of character, defamation of
0: character,
3: please. <laughs> not naming names, but they are literally in some of the most high paying jobs in the entertainment industry because their parents are celebrities or whatever. Ooh, yeah. And it's like, how? I can't, you can't even beat that. <laughs> you can't even beat that. Like, they're, like It is what it is. So it's kind of just like, you've got to fight to get into those spaces, but I guess back to the topic of having a good agent, really. Um, But
0: without having an agent, for example... You can't
3: reach those jobs without an agent. I'm I'm telling you, it's mad. Well,
0: there's also the side where if you're just starting out, because I know there's people at different levels in their broadcasting career right now, and some people are like, you know, oh, I've been offered travel expense. Oh, I've been offered this. Oh, I've been offered that. Like, when do you draw the line? Do you think
1: beginners (laughs) starting out should do things for free? In... This is the debate
0: that we should have right now. When you said you should, do you stop? You should, yeah.
4: Controversial. Everyone looked at me with badges too. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say my opinion. And again, I did do a lot of free work. Yeah. Bang, I was working. up we all a crack, did. crack Bang was on. free. We all worked for free at Bang. Like, yeah, I didn't got paid that I didn't know about. There's <laughs> a point that you have to eventually work out your own value. And even to, like, to this day, I still think, oh, what's my day rate? Oh, let me yeah. try and bring that up a little. What is it? What is the figure that I should give? But in order for you to get to that point where you have that confidence and know your value and know what your swag is worth, or your source, I should say, <laughs> like how tasty it is, you've got to do the work for free. Yeah, and you, like for me, I realised when I, one of the years that I was hosting at Close Show Live, I realized, I'll just tell you outright, and I was gobsmacked. They paid me 800 pounds a day and it was five days in a row and I was like, I am bloody winning out here. (laughs) And I thought, wow, if they're willing to pay little old me this who just put up some YouTube videos, the scope of this Mm. is insane. If I get some experience behind me, if I build up my tribe, if I do this and do that, the scope is actually kind of insane in terms of how much you can earn. It's like as long as a piece of string. But like I said, that was literally one of my first ever presenting jobs 800 pound a day five days Mm. that's all right you know i was like okay all right then and i think everybody's everyone's different and especially depending on what your niche is what is it that you want to do as a presenter which they always they always try and pin you down they don't want (laughs) you to just be a presenter apparently you gotta find what is your thing your usp your usp yes exactly no, no, no! You need to. You do. You do. But for so long, I was just like, I just want to talk.
1: Yeah. Just
4: pay me to talk. And it took a while before I found that fashion was my
1: fair,
0: thing. fair. Sifa, I feel I like it's so, a little bit more specific in the voiceover yeah, world.
4: Yeah,
1: it is. Um, I think when I, I mean, I don't think I've done any voiceover jobs for free. To be apart from, to be fair, lies. Before I got an agent, I did a couple for free.
0: Okay. What well, couple fa- favors?
1: favors, and oh, do our jingles, and we are still using it to this day. Someone needs to cut me a check. Uh. That much I do know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but voiceovers is, um, it's a very lucrative business. And certain brands that I see say on, Eff Mandy, for example. Oh. A lot of people, a lot of brands on Mandy, they tend to, like a lot of my clients come to me and say, look, I've got this audition or this job through for a big brand, a big brand name. But they're paying me like 75 pounds for the hour. And I'm like, minimum voiceover hour, hourly rate, you're talking 200 to 250 for the hour minimum. Tell them, That's please. standard. And that's without the usage. And that's
0: without the usage on <laughs> top. Tell them again.
1: Do you understand? That's without the usage fee on top. Do you know what I mean? So if a brand's going to be using my voice for three months or six months or a year, there's a fee allocated mm. to that amount. I'll, I'm going to give you an amount for a job that I recently auditioned for. I didn't get because I ended up going for a celebrity. Ugh. Oh. It was for just. Ju- I was gonna say it how it is. was for just eat. Um, you know, Love oh, Island. Snoop.
0: Snoop, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm joking. S- not, Snoop. <laughs> not Snoop. Not Snoop. Not they want, Snoop. They wanted, Snoop. To <laughs> they wanted me to rap.
1: They wanted me to rap. They took Snoop. Although they did take a rapper, to be fair. Fair enough. Although they did take a rapper, but it wasn't for Snoop. It was For just eat, and um, it was. I think the job was going to take about. Seven days to record? Oh, right. it was about seven days. You know, Love Island just went, yeah. They had the two little birds and things oh, at the front.
0: Oh yes! Oh gosh! Right, when yes. those little
1: birds creep, those little
0: yeah, yeah, different yeah.
1: reptiles and stuff, yeah. So it was one of them. Yeah. And I was gassed because my agent told me the fee, and he told me the fee was gonna be 20k. Woo! And I was like, jeez, huh? That's I, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. No, I'll work those seven days, no problem. Hey, and I will hey, take man, it. I receive it. I receive it. But you understand, like, with so you have to understand when a brand then comes to you and says, "I'm going to charge you seventy, pay you, sorry, seventy-five pounds," you're just a little bit insulted. Rude. Do you get it? Because the voiceover industry, you're, they're making a lot of money just off using your voice. Yeah, yeah. So, I've gotten paid a lot of money for mid, like three or four lines. You know, thousands for a few lines. So, within voiceovers, I do get a little bit insulted when my client says to me, "Look, I've got this job, but they are only paying me fifty pounds. Should I do it?" Da, da, da. And I'm always inclined to say, you know what, you're probably worth a lot more than that. However, if you do want to build up your CV and get that in the studio experience with the brand and dealing with clients one-on-one, if you haven't got an agent, then I'll say, you know what, do it for a little bit. Do it for a bit. I'm not going to tell you to not take a job and not build your CV because it's not enough money. I do think it's a piss take. <laughs> and, you know, places like Mandy will definitely have those type of jobs where they know they can come to you, and, you know, or on Fiverr they'll pay you a little bit of money to do a voice, what have you. But I know from the inside that you can be getting paid triple that amount. Oh, yeah. Just from, Do you know what I mean? So having, do it, do it a little bit, you know, like Annalise was saying, we all work, for, I worked at Bang for Free, you know, I was there for, I don't know, five years doing yeah. breakfast shows on shows. I did pirate ra- I paid to be on pirate radio. For real. I actually gave them money to be there. Do you get it? So you got to make pay those stubs. And it's been done. But in the beginning of your career, like Annalise was saying, yes, don't be afraid to take those jobs for free.
0: You've been listening to the Mainstream Podcast with Ramel London live from Box Park Croydon. Special thank you to them for hosting us and also a massive thank you to our special guests, Sifa Nikki, Marcus Brunzi, Wilton Jovu and Annalise Days. Also, big up all of the audience members that joined us and thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Romel underscore London.